0: Hey there this is Nicole Cobra Esquire and welcome to CEOs and Soul Talk. I am an executive coach and business strategist as well as an attorney. I've been managing businesses for more than 15 years and grown my own firm Cobra Johnson and Romney into a multi-million dollar operation and I want to help you do the same. But in my podcast, we'll be talking to some of the most inspiring individuals who are also CEOs and show you what led to their success today. During each episode, we'll share their stories, but also their advice on how to uncover what it takes to be the CEO of your soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome to CEOs in Soul Talk. My name is Nicole Cobra Esquire. My friends call me Nick, and I want to just welcome you. We have a new podcast podcast where we are focusing on amazing entrepreneurs and what their story is, what their journey has been to become the leaders in their community, in the business community, and life. Today, I am joined by a dear friend. Um, she is an amazing woman in her own right. right. Um, we met on a council that is one that is supposed to really be advocates for women in business the national women's business council rebecca good morning
1: good morning nicole it's such a pleasure to be here with you i'm so delighted that you are here
0: i want uh you know we talked off off air about you know what we want CEOs and soul talk to be and i think your journey when we met your journey just talking to you is an amazing story and we really want this to be a very transparent uh, community where women who are greatly accomplished know what that that story looks like? What was your journey? And now we can say, yes, you are a multi-million dollar successful operation. You have employees, more than 100 employees that you've grown your business to. If someone were to take a snapshot of you today, they would be in awe and rightfully so. But we want to do a little deeper dive. We want to talk about those steps because I think the steps is where we can really learn not only the technical things about Mm -hmm. business, but the endurance that it takes to become who you are. So I want to ask you a question. Tell us a little bit about you and your business first, and then tell us what did you look like as a teenager and what were some of the traits that you can look back on and say, that trait, that trait was really something that caused me to be the person that I am today?
1: Well, thank you, Nicole. So first, um, I run a business here in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, I live in Austin, Texas, and have a, a very small practice there, but most of our team is here in the Washington, D.C. area called Avant-Garde LLC, and we are a management consulting firm that focuses on human capital, strategic planning, organizational development, and change management, and also IT as it enables um, organizational change. And we are, I'm very proud to have uh, just a great team of managers and leaders and employees that deliver excellence to our clients every day. We're about a little over 15 million annual revenue in size, and we we just uh, tipped the point at at, at 100 employees. So uh, we're growing very organically, but very strategically. 90% of our growth comes from um, uh, uh, client referral and uh, our good reputation for our employees that do good work. So I'm thrilled to lead them. That is wonderful, and uh, you know, always you talk about the journey of what I was like a teenager, and um, you know, very, very early on in my adult life, um, my teenage journey was a little bit of a of a, of a scar on my life. Um, but over my maturity, I just turned fifty in January, so um, I've joined I need the to club. See the
0: documents for that because
1: <laughs> I do not believe that whatsoever. <laughs> I joined the club for that, and uh, my husband's turning sixty next week, and we always talk about how oh gosh, where's the time gone? But um, I always tell people, uh, women and just young women in particular, you know, it doesn't matter how you start. What matters is how you finish and your journey along the way. And uh, my journey was a little bit of... um, uh, kind of a conglomerate of a little bit of messes in the beginning mm-hmm. and you're know, trying to shape. It's like, you know, perfect pot of clay isn't made, you know, perfectly at the end. It happens in the shaping and the in the in the burning and, the, and the, the, the fire and the heat that goes with making clay, right? Yes, so, ma'am. So I grew up uh, in inner city El Paso and inner city Austin. Um, I'm one of four children and my mother, um, bless her heart, she had a lot of challenges in her life and mm-hmm. Um, you, you struggled a lot with addiction, and, and we all had different fathers. None of us knew our fathers, yes. and so I grew up, you know, fatherless. And it's the journey of so many young people, and particularly Absolutely. in our Hispanic and African American community throughout the country. Uh, single and we parent need to home. Talk
0: about those. I think what you said is a scar, but some of the most, you know, I look at. I mean, just being all candor, you know, I have two children. They were here by cesarean section. You look at those scars, but those scars bore something very amazing life and so the scar you say it's all how you shape the narrative there were things that you experienced in your life that shaped you and toughened you. Give me an example of yeah. So of that. you
1: know, um, as a teenager, sometimes when you grow up with lack, and in our case, we were in abject poverty, and mom had a lot of challenges, and not a lot a home a lot, and sort of you know navigated through being raised by a wonderful grandmother, but also pretty much ourselves raising own. ourselves. Mm-hmm. But um, so much of that journey, Nicole, has really shaped the adult that I am today. Um, One of the examples of that is I struggled in school. Mm -hmm. I had a learning disability, uh, usually uh, driven by my lack of retention of memory. I couldn't study and retain information. And I'm a little little hyperactive. Uh, Most people that know me know about I have about an hour or two before they lose my attention. Me too. But that really hurt me in my studies early on. And I struggled a lot academically in school, Um, very, 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 Deeply, and it at first it brought me a lot of shame. I didn't understand it, nor did my teachers, right. and my mother certainly uh, was very frustrated about it. But um, so, my what one of my sort of scars was I ended up dropping out of high school um, mm-hmm. and getting pregnant at age seventeen mm-hmm. with a daughter through very you know unfortunate poor choices and. Um, but I'm thankful that that that, that daughter today, 31-year-old, is uh, she's the joy of our life. And my husband ended up adopting her, and we got married. And, you know, all the journey that we've had, it's just been uh, not by happenstance. It's been very divinely strategically orchestrated. And I've taken what's happened in my young teenage life and have learned the lessons and have really talked transparently about them because— yes. It, again, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And it's what you take with those mistakes Absolutely. and you learn from them and Absolutely. you pick yourself up and dust yourself off and move forward.
0: Now, tell me this one. Um, you know, I, too, have a story. We all have a story. Um, and I talk about, you know, failures in relationships and, and the not really knowing your own strength, but thinking that that strength is somehow possessed outside of you. Right. Right. Um, and being an entrepreneur, I see a lot of parallels. And I talk a lot about being the CEO of your soul. And we know as mm-hmm. business owners, you have b- different departments and different roles on that org chart, your CEO, your COO, and your team. Let's talk about the CEO that you demonstrated. That's your decision making, right? That's your your purpose. We're talking about things that you knew inside of you, despite the external circumstances you wanted to turn around some of your decision makings to be to make thoughtful, empowered decisions. Tell me about that 18 year old girl, that 19 year old girl. What was a decision that you made that was critical to course correction? and was with something within you, a strength?
1: Well, that's not difficult at all to, to pinpoint. Mm-hmm. For me, it was at age 19, I had um, an encounter with God, um, an encounter with myself. Um, I learned uh, very early in my life that, you know, if I was going to do something different from what, how I was brought up and break that that generational yes. cycle, I it needed to start with me. And at 19, um, I joined a little bitty inner city church in East Austin. It's where I met my husband now of 29 years, and he uh, was doing a lot of outreach with inner city kids and the gangs in particular. And I grew up in that community, so uh, he's 10 years older than I am. But uh, that decision was, I made a decision very early on at age 19, I don't want to repeat the mistakes of my mother or her her past. I want to change the trajectory for my daughter. At that time, my daughter was a little over 13 months old, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I knew that she needed a different purpose and, and, and path, and I decided to go to church and get involved in a community uh, outreach program. We started doing work with the high schools there in mm-hmm. East Austin, and I started studying and learning and surrounding myself with mentors, people that believed in me, that yes. said at the time they called me Becky, they said, Becky, you have so much potential, don't waste it. But I had never thought I had potential until somebody says that to you, Nicole, is which so is why true. I'm huge around yes. speaking positive life words Absolutely. into people's life. I had never heard you have potential. I had heard you're dumb, you're never do anything, you'll never be anything. When I heard you have potential, why are you wasting your life? It created a a, a sort of stop. Got measure in me that said, wow, maybe yes. I do have potential. Went back to school, got my GED, enrolled in a welfare to work program that Ann Richards, famous Ann Richards, woman yes. in Texas at that Governor time, Texas, uh, yes. was sponsoring a job training partnership act and uh, met my husband. And he really encouraged me early on in my, in my life at 19 and 20 and 21. We got married. Mm-hmm. We dated a couple of years Um That, you know, he wanted to help me and wanted to encourage me and with mentors and with uh, pursuing a little bit of education and ensuring that I could get training and start changing the way I thought. Your thinking will make or break you. And I don't care how you bring up. When you have negative, stinking thinking about yourself, about others, about life, it really impacts your purpose. Yes. And so it starts in the brain, then moves to the heart, then moves to action. Yes, So I had to take it in my brain and with God's help and through Bible studies and mentors and speaking life over my situations and not even seeing it, but declaring it and saying, I can be something. I can have a father for my daughter even yes. though I never experienced yes. a father. Yes. I can have a career and my very first job out of that welfare to mm-hmm. work program for that woman by the name of Ann Richards was her receptionist. That's amazing. She hired me as her receptionist that and here I amazing.
0: am. I love it. Many many years later. You you literally succinctly captured everything that I want to say, three things. The CEO makes the decisions. There was something in you that said, I want more. I want to be more. I want differently than I've seen the COO. The COO is your action, right? It is saying, I have a plan for my life. It does not include failure. But the most important part is the team. Once you started on the inside, the narrative of saying, I want more, you started attracting people around you that came into agreement with that. And so that's why I said, our lives absolutely should be run like a business. But the but it starts at the top, it starts with your mind, it starts with your thinking, you can attract the people, the type of environment, but also the action, right? You, you followed your spirit, and you nurtured your spirit, right? You started to put yourself into programs, into situations around people that fed the things that you were yearning for. I think that that's just so amazing. And guess what? You're not the only one, Mm. right? But we don't tell these stories as much. My story is a little different on the front side, But in the middle of life, that's where my struggle came. I was raised in Oakland, California. I probably had one of the best set of parents that God could give a person. Just very hardworking. They weren't especially religious. They weren't especially political. They just believed in their children and wanted us to get an education. Neither one of them went to college. My mom was a legal secretary for 40 years. My dad owned a business and then he was a bailiff. He just retired last week. (laughs) Happy retirement, dad. But I had so much nurturing, so much support that when I got out on my own, left uh, Oakland to come to D.C., I was like thrown out of the womb into life and thinking that everybody is going to love you and everybody is going to support you. And I just made mistake after mistake after mistake with relationships, marriages, looking, thinking that, well, my parents have been married 50 years. I had a great childhood. You get married and you're just kind of guaranteed that life. That's absolutely not what happened. It was the opposite. My neediness, my not knowing my own value made me attractive attract to people that didn't know my value either. And so after just making those decisions, I had to take stock and say, this is not, it's not outside of you. It's what's inside of you. I had to change the narrative in my own life, in my own head. And when I did that, then the outside world started to shift. Then I attracted, I made better decisions. I followed my purpose on my career and my relationships and am successfully with my husband and have a successful business of six years. So, you know, it's just very it really, really does start with how you think about yourself and are you connected to a source bigger than yourself? Because the source has a purpose.
1: Well, and Nicole, for me, the source is uh, started with God and my my relationship with Him and relying on Him. And you know, met my husband, and he's the biggest champion of everything I've ever everything done. Everything he do, has been yes. just a rock star, rock rock in my family and in our life. And we now have two children: my daughter, thirty-one, who he adopted, and my son, twenty-five. We had together, and we have a granddaughter as well. Yes, yeah, but you know, um, I've had so many people that I've surrounded myself with that are more successful than I am, that um, are 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 striving higher than I am. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, I believe this firmly that the people that you surround yourself with, you will become. Yes, and I had plenty of naysayers. Don't get me wrong, but you 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 need to as 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 women, we we have so much negativity. In especially now in this world around yes. us, we've got to learn to shut that negativity out yes. and focus on the positive and who can help us and how we can uh, strive and believe. And, and for me, it's been all about the positive influences in my life. They've been negative ones, but I've not focused so yes. much on those That's because they can just drag you down and yes. weigh you down where yes. you just feel helpless. So I hope focus on hope. I'll focus on my faith and not my fear. I focus yes. on hope. Um, and it's just a good thing it's a good place to be,
0: yes, ma'am. absolutely let me let me shift gears for a minute because I really appreciate your transparency. I know we have a lot of young entrepreneurs that are listening to us, right, and they look at you and they see that you are rooted in faith, you are rooted in confidence on who you are. Let's talk about building. business. Okay, let's talk about some of those key first steps because, as we know, being uh, members of the National Women's Business Council, the statistic for women entrepreneurs who have employees is very minimal, right? We know that more than 90% only employ themselves. So I know that part of our mission is really trying to shape the acceleration and growth of businesses. How? What were some of your key first steps in not only starting your business, I want you to talk about the relationships you developed, the acumen you developed, and then let's talk about some of those key hires. Very, very important for growing your business, right?
1: So I started the business um, myself. I'm a majority owner and I have a partner. Um, he and I started the business together and I um, as the CEO and majority owner, obviously I've been the driver and, and growth of the business. Um, but it starts one step at a time. So it, starting a business can be daunting for somebody who's never started a business. I was a W-2 government employee for you know, 12, 13 years of my career, um, had never started a business, then I joined a consulting firm and became a W-2 for them, executive, but still W-2. When I started my business eight years ago, Nicole, I started with there were two of us in the business, zero revenue, and in eight years we've grown it to a little over $15 million and um, a hundred employees, but it was one step at a time, all about, I'm huge about the network. So if you're not networked and you're not plugged in and you're not out there putting yourself out there, you're your biggest fan of yourself. Yes, And you have to, as much as that, for for those of us that have humility and feel like we don't want to put ourselves out there, you're the best fan (laughs) of yourself. Get over it, get out there. It was networking. It was attending lunches and conferences and happy hours and breakfasts and knocking on doors for every 15 doors I knocked on one opened. one opened, and I'll never forget so so that the being tenacious about knocking on doors and networking Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget one one agency leader that we work with constantly calling her calling her calling her she would not return my call about five calls later she called me back and she said I'm only calling you because I want you to stop calling me yes and I said, I just need five minutes of your time to talk to you about my business. She saw me. And when she met me, she was so impressed. And she said, boy, you are really driven. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed with you. And she began to plug me in. And so, you know, it's being really tenacious about what you want to get done and knocking on doors. And then in in, in my case, sometimes I've had to knock those doors down yes. because they won't come down. Because so you got to open down. them and kick yes. them open. Absolutely. Uh, the second uh, for me has been huge is, is making sure that I find the right people. So it started at that one Contract mm-hmm. where we had to ha- hire two people on that contract, um, and I made sure that those two people uh, emanated my vision, my yes. passion. Uh, yes, they're technically and smart and they're educated, but but I, I wanted them to understand my delivery method here's how we this operate. That's
0: your secret sauce, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: because as a business owner, you can, um, ha- and I'm learning this as I grow, it's becoming more difficult to, to reach everybody because we're, we're now, you know, 100 person practice, but your people will make or break you as a CEO. And, it, I chose to invest in my people. I spent a lot of time with my people yesterday. We, we have about 15 project managers, project leads now on our corporate mm-hmm. team, and I spent all day with them, pouring into them, talking about my vision and growth and making sure they understand where we're going as a consultancy and, and how I see them fitting into right. that and they're valued and loved. And um, and it's important for them to understand that everything with us is about excellence. So building the right team and then also just uh, – you know, learning to take no for an answer and not being discouraged by that. As hmm. a, as a woman business owner, um, I grew up in a man's world, yes. so you know sometimes you get no more than you get yes, and being okay with no. How do that's
0: excellent. I want and I want to focus on a couple things you said. My my brain is reeling here. Number one, as a business um, consultant, I scale businesses, and what you said is very important. When I look at women and the fact that there is only one employee themselves, I think that, yes, there may be some parts of that that's financial, but I think that there may be some of that where they're afraid of the no. Here's where I'm going with this. I am comfortable in my level of competency on this one-on-one. But to go out and scale your business, that is that's daunting. That means you have to be kind of a steel magnolia. You have to go out and face rejection. What what can you what skill, what tip can you give women to not take no personally because you're not going to scale if you're doing all the work? That's the other piece of this. A lot of people believe the myth, a lot of business owners believe the myth that only I can do it. My clients only love me if I leave them, you know, they're, you know, if I don't do it, if I put somebody in the place, they will leave. That's a myth. That's what keeps you as a one person operation. So talk to me about you had there had to be something in you that says, look, number one, I want to train people to rep so I can replicate myself. That is great. Give me a tip on that. And then, number two, getting out of what I say, get out of my feelings about the rejection, not taking that personally. How did you turn that off and really turn on that drive? Two questions.
1: Well, so, Nicole, most women that start their businesses are. Type A, strong personalities, driven, um, and you have to be to have a business. Even if it's a one or two person shop, you have to be driven to start a business. It's a bold thing to do to leave a payroll and a 401k and all that good stuff. Um, So, very first thing I remember very early on, first two years of my practice, and we were about ten people in size and. I started to get really nervous because my clients hired us because of me, yes. and they loved me. And mm-hmm. I'm gra- I'm grateful that my clients love me, but I'm one person, and I had to learn to give the business away and empower people. Empower, empower, and enable people to to do their work, and even if it means they fail. And yes. so for me, it's about allowing people for to fail, fail forward, not backwards, mm-hmm. and um, and giving the business away, but training them and staying close to them and mentoring them. That this is how I want us to run the business. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. This is how I deliver. You know, we we stand right. We stand by by people first, client always. That's our model. Our people are first. We love our clients, but without the people, there are no clients, Amen. right? That's true. And so uh, that's the first piece. And and the second piece of of just understanding that you're not the best and the smartest and the brightest in the block. right? And, um, you know, I would like to think that I'm everything since sliced bread, but I'm not. There are much smarter, greater people out there that have better skill sets than I have. So I'm going to play to my skills and I'm going to let them play to their skills um, and watch the business grow when you yes. give the business away.
0: Say that uh, again, because I think here's this is so important. A lot of people, you're right. It does take courage and it takes a type A person. But there is still that part of the woman that, oh, am I good enough? Am I this? And they feel we've all heard that statistic where women feel like they have to know 100 percent of. Of the thing in order to do the thing, whereas the man maybe it's 50 percent and he just will learn it along the way or partner up. What you said is extremely valuable. You do not have to be the smartest person in the room to on every part of your business. You know what you know, and you have the courage and confidence to bring on people that have acumen in an ancillary part of your business. Exactly. It's
1: giving the business away. And um, uh, I'll never forget, I I, I was with uh, Joni Ernst, a Senator, United yes, States Senator yes. Joni Ernst a couple of weeks ago. And um, we asked her, "How is it that a, a fighter pilot, a first fighter pilot, elected to the to the U.S. Senate woman?" Um, and she said, "I walked into the Senate Arms Committee with all men, and you know they referred to his little cute Joni." And she said, uh, "This was so powerful for me because it's been my life and my journey, and it resonated with me." She said, "I learned to become become the expert at my craft." And 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 be known for, for who I am and what I know and not what what I look like or my gender. Yes. And and then she has empowered other people to work with her that, that help enable her vision and her mission too. So as women, we have to become the experts where we are, but we're not the experts at everything, because if we try to do too much in our business as a small business, you'll fail. You you can't the human person cannot possibly be everything to all people and do everything and not break yourself. Yes. So it's enabling and empowering the people. But to to the point you said, how how do you deal with no and rejection? So, Nicole, my whole life is in early on was about rejection, right? I was rejected by my mother. I was rejected by a father. I was rejected by the community. I was rejected by my teachers. Um, Rejection. And so when you grow up with rejection and lack, uh, you can go two things. You can either succumb to the rejection and become a product of the environment that you grew up in, or you can say, gosh darn it, I'm not going to get rejected anymore. I'm going to start believing in myself and surrounding myself with people who are not going to reject me. And so clients are no different, right? Mm -hmm. So when one client rejects you, great. Do you give up on that client? Not necessarily. Now they reject you four, five, six times perhaps. But you move on because there's a great big ocean of business out there. And you move to the door that is open, the yes and not the no. And uh, you have to deal with rejection when you're in business. And you have to deal with it well Mm -hmm. uh, and not let it drag you down.
0: That is so perfect. You have just enriched my soul on so many levels today and I knew you would girlfriend I knew you would (laughs) you brought it I think I have to end I don't want to um you have given our listeners just so many pearls I mean I have to have you back um We are going to do a lot of great things together. You really are a force of nature, um, not only growing your business, but really turning the adversity that was meant to break you. And you made it made you stronger and made you endure. It gave you confidence. It gave you grace. It gave you intelligence. And it gave you a life that you, uh, you totally deserve. I'm so grateful to have you here today. Um, I do want to give you the opportunity to give out your shameless plug. Tell us how tell our readers, our listeners rather, how we can stay in touch with you and follow you as you continue on your amazing journey.
1: Well, Nicole, uh, first, thank you for having me. I, when I first met you a couple of weeks ago, I just fell in love and knew we would become soul sisters. Yes. Um, so many of the things that we shared, we have so much in common. And even though we grew up in world different aparts, we do, we do share so many common, uh, denominators we in our do. life. But, um, so I am, uh, unfortunately I'm a very busy, busy businesswoman. I'm not a, a lot around social media. I do have a Facebook page. It's I did. I had to page. make
0: yours public, right? I know.
1: Uh, <laughs> Nicole helped me make it public. Um, I do. I you can always reach out to me. Our website is avantgarde uh, for usa dot com um, and there is a way to reach me there. Um, obviously, I'm accessible. Uh, everybody that reaches out gets an opportunity to connect with me. I do have to get i keep t- my staff keeps telling me you need to get a, a professional page set up and have people connect with you. and I will do that. Uh, but I Well let just- me
0: let me interrupt you. Why don't you talk about because this will be a more public part of our relationship? Tell us about, what we're going to be working on for women through the National Women's Business Council, and we can give them their information.
1: So we, Nicole and I, are serving on the National Women's Business Council, and one of the tenants that is near and dear to my heart is is really increasing the federal, uh, the government contracting footprint for women in business. Yes. Um, so we're focused on reform to the women-owned business rules so that women in business can get more government contracts. And it's super important. There are billions and billions of dollars that are outsourced in only 03 percent go to women-owned businesses. So that's a shameful number, shameful. and we're hoping to shape to shape that. Uh, we're also focused on rural women and enabling and empowering and tooling and listening to people in rural women in rural communities and how we can better serve them. And then the third is the 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 STEM focused in ensuring that we can um, get more women in, in business involved in science and technology fields and it's a very small number as well. Um, but yes we we are excited about what the national women 's business council um and us serving together with, along with se- several other dynamic, dynamic women are, are going to be able to do, particularly under the new the new administrator that was not just nominated so but yes. i 'm thrilled to be here I, I do want to leave um your reader your listeners with one last uh, please one last do. nugget please um, do. so every morning, this is how I start my morning um and it 's about five days out of seven sometimes I you know miss it but consistently, I start my morning by uh, waking up and and thanking God for the day, but also making sure that I'm spending some quiet time in meditation and, and thinking about my day, but also thinking about what the good things that have happened. Yes. And I've started making a list of all the good things in my life. And every morning, it's a different list. Yes. So there are more good things than bad things. And when you start writing those good things down and start being thankful for them, it sort of changes the trajectory of your vision for that day. Um, So I've started doing that at the beginning of this calendar year, and it's really been a powerful thing for me.
0: I love that. I'm engaging in some morning meditation, too, and it really is how you shape the narrative. We started our talk about um, how we really do get to pick, we get to pick what we think, we get to pick the people around us, we get to pick the course of action. And if you are saying to us that you are selecting, you're choosing to start your day in gratitude, I can't think of any more powerful way to end our conversation today. I, my friend, am very grateful for you and all that you do and our new friendship. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey guys, we are out of time. I am so grateful for you as well, uh, following me on this journey for me to try to get out and communicate with you how to not only build a great business, build a great brand, but being able to be the CEO of your life. Let your soul dictate the decisions that you make. Let your decision making be governed by faith not fear. As Rebecca said, I think that that is the most powerful way that we can get through this life. Be encouraged. Thank you all so much. And I'll talk to you next time.